Hello, beautiful people. How are you? Actually, do you answer this question right now? Let's do a little checkup. I'll ask you three questions. What do you think about right now? What are the most powerful sensations in your body right now? What do you want right now? Answer these questions and then get back to me. Welcome to the Mindfulness Podcast. My name is Anastasia and today we're going to dive into your past. Hope you're done with your little exercise. That's good. Little moment of (laughs) self-awareness. Let's roll. Today I want to talk about the past and the past is like a thread that is stuck to your clothes. Wherever you go, it's there with you. In my culture, and I'll remind you, I was born in Ukraine and raised in Russia. We are brought up to be, well, I'm, I'm going to use the the right words for it, tough as fuck. <laughs> and whatever happened, happened. It's the past. Let's go and move on and forget. But as we already found this out in the previous episodes some time ago, but he doesn't forget. It will keep bringing you back to whatever happened. And I'm going to remind you again about my episode about the connection between the mind and the body. Go give it a listen and probably you'll have fuller picture of what I'm going to talk about it today. <laughs> my favorite part of each episode, let me tell you a story. One time I needed to take a polygraph test for a job interview. On its own, it's not a scary procedure at all and not complicated. You sit in a chair, don't move. The examiner puts two tubes around your chest that control your breathing, then belt around your arm to record your cardiovascular activity, your blood pressure and the heartbeat. And the thing that is called galvanometers, which records sweat gland activity, well, they go on your two fingers. In my case, it was the index finger and middle finger, but I read that it could be different fingers as well. And polygraph records several several indicators of stress. So it's a breathing rate, perspiration, blood pressure, and pulse rate. Again, from the psychological point, there's absolutely nothing to be scared of. You feel nothing. You just sit there. From a psychological standpoint, oh man, <laughs> it's a different game. I remember feeling nervous when I entered the room as an idea of being interrogated wasn't, you know, really pleasant one, but it was a usual deal in the niche and industry. So I was told. So I kind of forced myself to come down. I was like, okay, you know what? This is absolutely normal. They're just going to ask a couple of questions. It's fine. Basically, they only cared about me not working for the competitor, not being forced to get the job to collect and resell the data. I still found it incredibly intimidating, though, and very, very intrusive. Some of the questions were personal and made me stress out. But the main thing that was horrible about the experience is that it triggered some reactions to old memories that I haven't experienced in years. So I passed polygraph, obviously. (laughs) But I wasn't myself about 
two, three days after. First of all, right after I took it, I almost vomited. I felt absolutely drained and, you know, it did feel like I was even a little bit of abused. You know, I felt like I was naked in front of hundreds of people, although it was just me, the woman and someone else um, online. I couldn't understand why. They just asked me 30 questions and I almost had a heart attack. Some of the questions were personal. They need to ask you some of the questions to kind of calibrate that as well. And they need to, to lie once to know, to see if the polygraph is, you know, working properly and it does indicate where you tell the truth and when you don't. And some of the questions were not personal, but probably because you move or you breathe too deeply or something else happened or you thought about it about something and freaked out the machine could show that you're lying when you're actually telling the truth and they have to ask you a question again and again and again and you know when they ask you a question again that means that the machine shows that you're lying so they're trying to understand if you're lying or the machine just not showing the right data but because i knew this fact that if they're asking the question again and rephrasing it several times, the machine must have shown that I'm lying. I stopped actually trusting myself what I was saying. But overall, after about four or five days, I understood what the whole reaction was about. So when I was a kid, I was a really good liar, which was my survival mechanism. I skipped the class to go see a friend in school and I wasn't allowed to go out with friends as much. I would have to study, go learn languages, go to dancing school, do painting or whatever, just read the books. But I just wanted to be a kid, you know? So when it came, when I would come home and I would lie and I said I was in school. That's one of the examples. There were lots of cases like that when I wanted to have normal teenage student kind of experience and had to lie my way out around, otherwise I would be physically punished. And sometimes though, even if I told the truth, my mom didn't believe me. And there was some sort of interrogation and then punishment, even though I did not lie, but no one actually cared. So I had this feeling after the polygraph of being deadly scared of the punishment. Even, even they told me like, you passed. If you want the job, it's yours. I said, fuck no. No, thank you. Because this job now associated with the punishment and fear. And I felt absolutely horrible. So imagine I wasn't exposed to physical or mental violence for 10 years. And yet still, my body remembers what happened in past. I can't deny it. Telling myself, yeah, it happened, but it's the past and I can't, you know, I cannot worry about it anymore. However, I can control my subconscious and my body. You can convince your conscious that you're okay, but in fact, you're not. Accept it and admit it and take responsibility for fixing it. Fixing not in a bad way. No one's broken, but make it better. These things have to be resolved. Why? Because this way you can be an even better person, healthier and happier. Living with yourself not knowing who you are is freaking hard, you guys. You're like a cabbage with a thousand and one layer and you peel one thinking, well, okay, okay, that's what we have here. We're cool. And then you open 20 other ones. And you're like, oh my God, mind blowing. And these reactions of fears and thoughts and beliefs come from certain situations from the past. If you know it, it's much better. It's like 
receiving the box and you don't know what's inside, I'd rather have a look and then work with whatever's inside and then make decisions based on what am I going to do with the box and with what's inside that box rather than just staring at it and freaking out, not knowing what the hell is it. Past should be understood. Okay, sometimes we cannot resolve it. It actually happened, it happened. But it should be understood. It's like a neighbor that makes noises next door and takes your attention. You can't just ignore them. Knock on the door and say, hi, listen. You know, maybe we can sort it out somehow. And that can change the situation. I think the more we heal, more opportunities we open for ourselves. So what's in your past that you might be running away from? Or maybe something you don't understand your reactions, fears or thoughts on. Probably working on your past can some open some doors for you too. If you like this episode, please follow the podcast and get notified about new talks. I'll see you next week. Have a great rest of the day. Lots of love. You're Anna. Bye.